Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards Podcast. Take three. Take three for the week of August 29, <laughs> 2011. Is this thing on? It's on. I'm going to have to edit that out now. <laughs> yeah, thanks. This is episode 117.3, and I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, the healthcare marketing firm that puts on this Shoot. lovely operation. Jackie Ritako, coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Joined by I am. I just jumped in front of that. Way to go. Thanks. Anticipatory. You were dragging, so I just thought I'd introduce myself. Yes, well, I do drag. It's because Speaking this is the third dragon, intro of the day. You saw How to Tame Your Dragon, right? Didn't you say you liked it? Great movie. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was. Yeah. My son was captivated by that. Oh, did you see it in 3D? No, I didn't, but it was still beautiful. Yeah. I thought. It was a good movie. That's a good story. Try to screw yep. up a Pixar movie, yep. though. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So watch it if you haven't seen watch it. Watch it. <laughs> and we've, we digress within we've five. We've digressed instantly <laughs> off our five minutes okay. of the podcast. Should be expected by now. Right. Yes, it should be. If you listen to our podcast, you know that we're the dukes of digression. We're the digressors. <laughs> we are digressors. I, think that's I have some announcements, name. but I don't want to... Announcements are boring. What are the I announcements? Don't know, well, the first announcement. What's that? Now when they involve booze. This is true. The first <laughs> announcement is the Whipper Miss presentation. If you missed it, mm. you didn't miss it. I know. Because it got rescheduled for this week. Oh. Oh. Thursday, September 1. Is that September 1? It is September 1. It is, yes. September 1. It's a plan of attack. Same deal, same time, different day. Please join us. Myself and Chris Boyer, building your brand with wellness. <laughs> woo woo! Next, this is where the booze comes in. If you're going to Shushmid, and who is it? I know. If you're cool, if you're, if you're going to the Shushmid annual conference in Phoenix in September, we will be hosting the second, not the second annual, <clears throat> just the second branding at the bar. We've mentioned this, I think, in prior podcasts mm-hmm. previously. Mm-hmm. Co-hosting? Yes, we are co-hosting that with uh, NRC, National Research Corporation, who we also hosted the original branding at the bar at the Forum Conference in March. So this is the same deal. Bigger, better, bolder. Be there. Be there. Beer. <laughs> Beer me. Brilliant. What kind of a bar is Branding. this in? Is it like a, it's a hotel bar? No, we actually take a uh, like a conference room. Okay, and then we take that over, and there's bars in the conference room. There's a food spread. Okay, there will be once again dancing on brand tables. Jeopardy. We will have I lost on Jeopardy. Very difficult Baby. questions and winners and prizes. Thank you, Greg Kin Band. <laughs> is that who did that? You don't even know who sung that? No. That's lame. Great Ken band. Anyway, that will be Thursday, September 15th, starting at 530. Location, <clears throat> uh, we probably know it, but you it just is, have to wait till you get there. There's a lot of conference rooms in the JW Marriott. It's a secret. <laughs> is this the Camelback? Secret. Is that the Camelback Resort, Phoenix? No. I don't know, but it's big. Yeah. It's a big anyway, one. it's a great time. In March, it was phenomenal time. Everybody had a blast. iPad 2 to the winner. Mm-hmm. Come join us. Come to Shishman just for that. The chance to win an iPad 2? Yep. 
That makes up for the full expense. <laughs> okay. I really do want to get to the last item on our agenda, which before this podcast we had a heated debate on. But it's really nothing to do with healthcare marketing. Though, Adam, <laughs> you had a way to kind of maybe tie it to healthcare marketing. Yeah, I think so. Well, let's uh, save it. It's a stretch, okay. but okay. Okay. No, <laughs> Kind of is. I'm kidding. I give him credit for even. Well, let's start off with what. Maybe we can get into a little bit about what we debated about before we dive into what the list contains. But do you want to set it up? What this list is? No, let's talk about something else first. Let's talk about one (laughs) serious issue, and then we can spend the rest of time. Okay. So this is an article that came out actually today, as we recorded from Health Leaders Media, from Anna Webster, uh, who is uh, writing in their marketing blog, and the article is titled "Gut Grabbing Messages: What Makes an Impression." And the article is basically talking about which has a more powerful effect on patients. Which marketing messages will they remember and act on? Ones that emphasize the positive benefits of a particular provider or one that emphasizes a more dramatic message? So in other words, kind of positive versus negative or uh, lighter versus serious. Mm -hmm. Which of those have more impact? And I thought it was interesting. We haven't really talked about that issue, have we? Specifically on Maybe this? Not, not directly. No, not directly. That I can remember. I think, I think there's some interesting comments in her. She talked to a number of people, um, people I don't know, so I don't mean to call <laughs> you them You know out. everybody. Yeah. What's that? You, you know don't everybody. You know them? No. Hardly. <laughs> so here's a, here's a comment where I think the person's on the right track, but I tend to disagree with the main point. Patients do not respond to fear or the loom and doom approach in marketing, says Tina Bader, marketing director at Healthcare Express, a Texas-based group practice. Scare tactics are not memorable, Bader says. I feel like there's not enough truth in scare tactics anymore. Patients are educated and can see right through them and are oversubjected to them in the media. Now, I would debate that. I think there's been plenty of research that shows that people actually respond more to scare tactics and fear than they do positive messages. Well, give an example of a scare tactic used in hospital. Well, and that's the thing. If she and I think her point, if it's broadened out, if we try to read into it, of it's not as effective with healthcare. That may be true. I'm not sure of that, but I think in many ways there was a huge study done about political messages that shows, yeah, negative right. negative political ads actually have a, a stronger impact which is really sad but well, yeah that's unfortunate i think scare ta- i mean scare tactics in healthcare marketing can be just presenting factual data really right. um target an ad that targets about like seniors or something, or something. Or, well, well just just something that talks mean. about um heart disease you know the fact yeah. that risks heart, risks of heart disease okay. and all of a sudden you're like well that's me or you're a man and you just turned 50 which gives you a higher incidence okay. of right. colon cancer so you better right. get your colonoscopy you better come to us and have us check out your I don't know. That compels Poland. me. Check out, check, check Uranus and, well, uh, and, Nep- and Neptune me. and Jupiter. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, I mean, that's right. I, I tend to disagree with that. Um, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do because we did have a conversation about this on the podcast a few months ago. We looked at Shushmid's code of ethics mm-hmm. that said you should avoid scare tactics. You should avoid that in healthcare. And I think that's, that's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, if you look at that, like our example, um, simply presenting facts. I mean, I guess anybody who uses scare tactics can say they're simply presenting facts. Um, 
But it's kind of like how else do you, in some cases, how else do you reach out or how else do you get right. the point across? Right. So it's, it's kind of, a, it's a tricky. It's powerful at the same time. You yeah. Know? Or it can be. Right. But where's the power? Is it in the scare well, tactic yeah. or is it, yeah, is it? Well, I mean, obviously you can take even the example we gave. And if your headline is 50% of men over the age of 55, you know, are diagnosed with colon cancer, that's more scarier. If you said, you know, 15% of men over age 55 die from colon cancer, that's further down the line. Right. Would you be next? You know, (laughs) come find out by taking a (laughs) – that's further down the line than – you know, our wait times are great for colonoscopy or mm-hmm. um, some other kind of lighter way to get people to pay. I mean, we have warmer hands. Nice. Nice. You know who must really, <laughs> it must really work for, um, scare tactics must work for this industry is the tobacco industry. Because you never hear lighthearted messages come from them. They're all scare That's related. very interesting that you say that because the next person talks just about that and it actually oh. is not what you would think. And I tend to agree with what he says. So I have not, maybe I don't think I've met um, Burl Stamp. I definitely have heard of him. He's president and founder of Stamp and Chase. And his comments, I think, make a lot of sense. Generally, the tone of a promotional message has to mirror the character and tone of the underlying brand and product service. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about healthcare services, appealing to emotions is a bit more reverent. In a bit more reverent, serious way, it's often more appropriate and can be more memorable because people can relate the message to their own lives and situation. So he's talking about how they actually went away from a lighthearted approach to a more serious tone. I think people can take that too far. That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. So the folks who say you can't have any humor in healthcare, you're missing a huge opportunity. But this is what he says later on. Fear is a very powerful emotion, but it is dangerous to use in healthcare advertising because it has the potential to cause people to just shut out the unpleasant message. Anti-smoking campaigns are an excellent yeah. example of where there's a fine line between a compelling message and one that causes people to tune out. So that's why um, it's the book Biology, which I talk about all the time, talks mm-hmm. about that. And I think, do we talk about that on this podcast, about the new graphic uh, pictures they're having to put on cigarette packages? Yeah, we did. Did we? What are they putting on there? I they forget. passed a new regulation that cigarette makers in the United States now have to start putting graphic images on cigarette packs like what like showing a healthy lung and a bad lung showing a um, teeth and mouth cancer yeah teeth gross teeth and mouth cancer because because (laughs) light it up it's all from what jackie's saying that the the scarier you make it theoretically the less people want to smoke whereas this 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 book biology listen no listen no i the book biology shows how they use fmri technology to actually test that and has the opposite impact based on exactly what Burl's yeah, yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Because I, people, people are like, eh, I'm going to die anyway, so I might as well smoke more. Well, and you literally <laughs> scare them so much that they tune out and, and have the opposite impact. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, it's as if, and it's as if smokers don't realize that, there's, that it's unhealthy. Right. right. So now it's now, now to, to, to exactly what you said. It's like reinforce. It's like bring it on. It's like bring it. Yes, yeah. But it's also what I, where I shake when I <laughs> shake my it. when I shake my head. It's is is so. I, I'm not a I'm not a smoker. I hate smoking. I hate the smell of it. I don't know that I agree on the merits of like just saying that like in Minnesota, Minnesota recently, well not recently, a while ago, passed a law where you can't smoke in establishments anymore. I love that from the yeah. fact that I don't need to leave a bar smelling like cigarettes. But I also have an issue, you know, somewhat of an issue of telling people they can't have 
you know, that kind of stuff on That's their your private property. Anti-government. No, not really. I'm I'm a little out. less. If you would have listened to our podcast, Bach, like you know, maybe. earlier episodes, where I probably would have been more on a libertarian. I'm less of a less on that horse these days. But I I think it's what if you want some if if something's legal to sell, it should be legal to advertise, and I don't think the government should be sticking its nose into what should be involved mm-hmm. in that advertising. If they want, they should just say you cannot advertise this product. I mean, if that's if that's where they're going with this, I mean that which they do say. On TV, you can't. Well, I know, but that's just weird because you still can advertise it through other venues. So it's like, it's, it's you, just so bizarre. Can you advertise in Mark, and I don't think you can do like magazine advertising. Can you? Uh, I know I've seen advertising uh, for. You I can think still in do the magazines. You can't remember. do. They do a lot of direct mail. I know that much. <laughs> direct mail. How do oh, you get yeah. on that mailing list? I personally am not. But family <laughs> no, members get like packages from Marlboro that are like really, really. Oh yeah, and they're huh. like, oh, wow. here's I've like ten dollars with the ten dollar off coupons for our here's your, get some Marlboro points. Yeah, well, it's just it's win a trip in the back country. <laughs> I just I just think if something is legal to sell, it should be legal to advertise. That's a pretty basic. I mean, if if something is illegal to advertise, then we should probably be questioning whether or not it should be a legal well, substance to sell. I agree. I agree, and this is this goes well beyond what we started talking yeah. about. <laughs> I mean, there are I think like there are the times politics. where it's not that black and white. I think um, where kids are involved, it's legal to sell cereal, but is it ethical to, you know, basically knock on the door and grab a kid by the collar and say, here's crunch berries, you should try them. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but I mean, I think there's gray areas. I I tend to agree with you. Like if it's that bad, then why is it legal? So what's the point of all this? I don't, I don't think illegal. It's even bigger. Yeah, well, and, and also I think there are plenty of areas in which smoking is a great example. I, I had never watched Blade Runner. I watched it um, a few nights ago on Netflix while I was getting some other stuff done. And it's a movie from the early 80s. And it's just, everybody smokes in this movie. Everybody smokes in this movie to the point where every scene is kind of hazy because somebody is smoking. And it just was bizarre. And today to see a movie where people were smoking constantly, because you don't see that in movies today, at least not like that where there's this constant haze of cigarette smoke. And I don't think they set out for that, it, for, that to, for smoking to give the movie a certain feel. Just everybody smoked back at that point in time, you know? So it was kind of like a natural thing to be in the movie. It made the movie feel authentic. Yeah. Even um, though it was a movie about the future, not the time. Right? It was a movie about, yeah, I guess in some sense. But it was still supposed to make a connection, with a timely connection, you know, some relevance. And I think smoking was, was one of the things that helped make that connection. You don't, you, my point, though, is you don't really see that today in movies. movies. And it's not yeah. because they're outlawing movies or outlawing smoking in movies. I mean, there are, there are, although there certainly are groups who, you know, get on producer right, and movie right. makers' backs when there is smoking on any level in any movie. Um, but there is just, it's already been stigmatized enough in society where people know that it's not, except, I don't know, I, the advertising thing to me, it's like, let them advertise it. Let parents, you know, tell their kids they shouldn't smoke, even if they see Joe Camel up on a billboard. You know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think my kid would start smoking. Maybe I, I could be wrong. Maybe he would start smoking yeah, because so Joe Camel are, told him he should. dramatically over thinking your power as a parent to stop your kid from doing things, though. I don't know. I, I assume that I will be a lot like my parents. I just, I think I probably will be. And I didn't smoke. 
I tried it once in college and it no. made me sick. So I, and I was like, well, this is not certainly something I want to do again. No, I think, yeah, I don't mean to, I don't mean to squelch your parenting skills. Let's save all that for the next time. Oh, we could go oh, on right. and on with that We one. could. Now, quick, tie it back. Somebody tie it back to healthcare marketing. Go. Don't show people smoking in your healthcare marketing. <laughs> good. That's, unless That's you a are, good takeaway. Unless it's about <laughs> lung cancer, then you might want to. Oh. Maybe. Fine. So <laughs> Find a fault the, in it. I think the end of this article, um, I think Anna wraps it up well. The most successful campaigns do play off the emotions of patients without crossing the line of being overly dramatic or trivializing the issue by being overly positive. Because the article talks about um, an example of a campaign that was almost trivialized a situation to the point where people thought you're not you're not taking this serious enough. So, hmm. uh-huh. good stuff. Good stuff. Good thing to talk about. All right, are we, are we ready to do this? I don't know. Is How are we doing? How are we doing on hour? time? Uh, we've got to put some time. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna skip to the big convo now, Which Adam. Is... You did so. So this this all came from. If you remember a few podcasts ago, we did have a pretty animated conversation about tourism, state tourism. We were reviewing mm-hmm. the Minnesota tourism right. ads. Yeah, and we had some pretty strong opinions about it. So now we have an article that's produced by a local um, alternative paper mm-hmm. called 50 Reasons Minnesota is the Best State in America. City Pages is the paper. City Pages, yes. Uh, and we had a very heated debate about this. Now, the, the moral of the story we should give before we get too far afield was – well, maybe. I mean, this sounds like I, this sounds like this moral supports my viewpoint, but Adam was the <laughs> yeah. one who brought it up, which is you should get outside of your own world to better understand how to connect with people. Because if you're stuck too much in your own world, you're not going to see things from others' point of view. I mean, that was the best we could do to tie this back. <laughs> right? Well, and that's, I mean, and that ties to a lot of principles we preach on. You know, I think that mentality feeds the whole hidden gem. Mentality, which is something you talked about in your in your book, um, which you can pick up a copy of now on Amazon.com. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, we I think that that it's a problem in healthcare. It's probably it's a problem in a lot of industries, but certainly it's a problem in healthcare marketing where yeah. it's too much of an internal focus, um, talking about yourself way too much, talking about what you bring to people, mm-hmm. not talking about you know what people need and how you're fulfilling those needs necessarily. Because there's a difference. There's a big difference yeah. there. So yeah, I don't know. You, you need to. It, it's the and this is how I this is how I equate it because there are some things on this list and things that were in that tourism ad that are to me the equivalent of a hospital saying our physicians are certified, right? Because to that hospital, having certified physicians sounds like a huge deal. It's different. We're better. Blah blah blah. If you're looking at it from the outside, that's not anything that's different or better. So when, that's the that's where I that's where I take from this survey or this list that has a number of things in it that I think that sounds so much like the only people that would agree with this are the people from Minnesota. And that if you're actually trying from a tourism perspective or other perspective to show people why Minnesota is better, these things wouldn't be on the list because you wouldn't. You would take a look at it from the outside. Some that's the just my perspective. Some, some I know you guys things. don't agree. There's, other, there's good things on the list as well. There's yeah. bad things on the list. 
And just so everyone knows, someone at the paper probably just sat down and scribbled this all out. So it's not as... Oh, you're already qualifying the list. <laughs> well, I mean, come <laughs> on. Do you're, you're giving it a lot of leverage. No, but I'm trying to tie it back to something that people can relate to. I mean, the example that... There's two examples that got me really riled up. Now, at first, it's... You know, <laughs> City Pages, I said it's alternative. So it's, you know, it's going to have a sense of humor. And there is sense of humor in here. Until I got to like the top three, and then I'm like, no, they're trying to be really. And serious did we set up this. specifically what this? I mean, we talked about our previous tourism rants. Did we set up exactly what this list was? And I it's missed a it. It's a list that says 50 reasons Minnesota is the best state in America. Right, and okay. what was you had mentioned uh, before the podcast too that we were recently featured as see 46, and it, you, you thought this was a response to that maybe? Well, no, Gawker. Um, counted down the 50 worst states in America and named Minnesota the 45th worst, which makes it the sixth best. Right, by okay? their standards. But this is, this, is, this is what kills me. So this is what it says. Gawker chose New York as the best, relying on nepotism over logic and reminding us all the times the Yankees beat the Twins. But Gawker's evaluation <laughs> was clearly by, performed by someone who never actually visited Minnesota. That, that, so they're yeah. claiming now that, see, they don't get us. Right. And if they did... They, you know, they don't get that we have certified doctors. If they did, they would come, right? <laughs> and so, for example, number 30. This is, what, this is where we back. really started. So we're jumping all the way to 30. So uh, well, that because like, that there was the... two that really set me okay. off. One, this one, number 30 reason, reason number 30, why we're the best state. We've got a light rail, <laughs> singular, note that, for the people who aren't in Minnesota. We've got a light rail that can zip you around to major destinations within the Twin Cities. Now, if you're not familiar with our light rail, it's an A to B rail. It's a spoke. It's a train that goes, starts here and goes there, and then goes back. Well, it's the like same downtown place. airport. All yeah, airport to downtown and back. Mm-hmm. So to claim that, A, it zips you around in major destinations within Twin Cities is completely false. It doesn't. It zips you to some, like Mall of America is on there. Uh, it goes to downtown, but obviously it doesn't even touch St. Paul or many other things. But then to use that as a reason why we're a great state, when clearly if you're using the quality of mass transit as a factor, we fail miserably because the state cities we all mentioned in other states, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, Washington, we're biker all have – What's that? We're biker-friendly. <laughs> That's not number 30. <laughs> You're just picking there? out the most negative no, ones. I'm picking out the ones that, that... You want to refute. I, don't, I wouldn't say we fail miserably in terms of mass transit. I mean, it's pretty easy to get around. You can hop on a bus, you can get a cab, you can get but on a comparatively, So we don't, we don't fail miserably, talking. but that, right, that, right, is, right, right. that is an odd point to say that the light rail, which takes you from the airport to the to downtown yeah. is something that differentiates that makes Minnesota great. Certainly <laughs> it, it certainly makes your, like it makes your visit. Yeah. yeah. It makes your visit a little more convenient. If you're going from the airport, to if downtown. you're going downtown right. from the airport, <laughs> we finally started using trolley cars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so healthy. no, I'm just, I'm picking the ones that to me are examples of it's the equivalent of our doctors are board certified. That's to me what these are. Yeah. And then the one that we talked about before that really people were throwing things and it was, it was pretty nasty. With 11,000 lakes, Minnesota has more shoreline than California, Hawaii, and Florida combined. And the reason I got upset about that was, one, that was featured in the tourism ads. And two, it must be a serious, serious message from our state tourism outward because I actually heard it come through ESPN when they were going through baseball scores. And they had taken to saying, you know, like, 
And now, it, you know, in the Dodgers, the Dodgers-Tampa Bay game, Tampa Bay is known for blah, 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 and Los Angeles is known for blah, blah, blah. They did Minnesota, and they said, and in Minnesota, where they're playing whoever, where they have more shoreline than California, Hawaii, and Florida combined. So somebody had fed them, here's something cool about Minnesota. Right. That's a cool stat. It's an interesting stat. It is, yeah. from my perspective, and this is where we disagree, not only... I just do not believe that that is a compelling reason to come to Minnesota because I disagree that having more shoreline miles than those three states matters more than having better shoreline. And I would argue most people would say, and this is, I know you guys disagree, but the shoreline in California, Florida, and Hawaii is most people would say, well, yeah, but it's Hawaii and California and Florida, not a bunch of little tiny lakes and ponds. So we disagree on that. Right. But right? we do have more than your side. Yeah. And I think Jackie and I agree on because we are, are we were kind of on the same side yeah. in the debate, the pre podcast yeah. debate. <laughs> a lot certainly a lot of the well, let's start off with Lake, Lake Superior certainly isn't a tiny dribble of, of water, water in the middle of Minnesota. Nope. Lake Superior is holds its own, in my opinion, and I think Jackie's opinion, to any of the shorelines in Hawaii, Florida, California. Four months out of the year, I agree. Anywhere, because it's, it's, it's beautiful. Actually, any month of the year, but pretty okay, much any. I mean, ahead, well, sorry. Lake Superior doesn't freeze over either, so I mean, it, does, it doesn't turn yeah, into a giant like sheet of ice. It stays a body of water. The ocean um, freezes over? I said it's like the ocean. If you go north far enough, it freezes over. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, I guess it depends on what would draw you to Minnesota to begin with. I mean, if you're looking for... If you're looking for ocean shoreline you're minnesota is not going to be on your radar anyway if you're looking for you know camping and uh fishing and not and deep lakes. sea fishing or something mm-hmm. you're in lakes then that statistic might be something that's going to draw you in because now clearly minnesota has been identified as probably the place to go if you want to go to a state that's got a lot of waterfront you know, lakes so it just depends on how you look at it i i just don't look at it as a direct comparison i mean I, obviously these places are trying to set it up as some apples to apples comparison and it's it's clearly it's not but i don't think that anybody would ever do an apples to apples comparison when they're looking for a place to vacation of california or minnesota you're gonna if you're drawn to one or the other you're gonna be drawn to one or the other for specific reasons and it's not going to be because of the direct comparison of the quality of shoreline it's just it's an interesting statistic that clearly that clearly sets us apart from any other state in terms of how much water we have right. for whatever, for fishing or swimming or boating. or To me, it's just a fun fact, most especially because we're landlocked. You know, I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with that. It's more beautiful. Except for this list is why we're the best state in America. Doesn't and say, it's number doesn't really two say anything about beauty, list. though. I mean, why does beauty yeah. have to be the qualifier I mean, for that? All right, but do you see why I struggle with that? If you're coming up with the reasons why Minnesota is great, your second best reason is that, then you're in trouble. It's a you pretty, ought to be thinking what if you of like better water? It's a pretty, I mean, from a touristic standpoint, okay. if you're looking Even for lakes, why, what, what would be better than that? <laughs> I mean, we're the, I mean, what would be better than that though? I, I don't know. I would put it in some other way. I just would. I just, I think that you're, yeah. I think that you're stretching to come up with a differentiation. And unfortunately you've picked something from my perspective that you're, you're not comparing apples to oranges. And I would consider the three states compared to as, well, if you're asking me, I'd still rather spend my time on the shoreline of those three states than, than would ours. It be, would it be better to not specifically list 
those states to just say more I, sh- more shoreline than any other maybe than anywhere yeah. in yes. the United I mean, States. I think that's part of my problem is that it yeah. draws this distinction of three, probably the top three tourist destinations in the country from Most a state likely. perspective. Right? right? So you're literally comparing yourself to the best of the best for where people go to have a good time. And I think that that's, it's, it's almost like draw, it's, you're like putting yourself out there in that way. If you want to say we have more shoreline than any other state, then it's less, I, I, I don't jump to that like you're comparing yourself to Hawaii. Really? Right. You're really going to go there. So that's, again, that's almost like we hear from hospitals where they're like, but our board certified physicians are, no, they're from this board, not that board. And you're like, well, now you're, you know. And so, I don't know. It's fun that we can disagree on it. But I think well, we I think at least we, try to draw a parallel. I think, we ag- I think we agree. I mean, I think we agree fundamentally on it when it comes do? down to it. I think so. I mean, we just t- kind of talk, talked it through. And in the end, you're like, yeah. I mean, it's, the fact that they're trying to do I mean, apples to apples to, with, yeah. with, with the shoreline. I mean, because as, as we talked about, people who are looking at Florida – are going to be looking at that or California or Hawaii for a specific reason because it's warm and because it's on the ocean. They're not going to even be looking at Minnesota, so it doesn't matter if there's a comparison there. If somebody is looking at Minnesota as an option and, and still considering Hawaii, and flat, that's kind of bizarre, really. I, I would think that you, Minnesota wouldn't even be in the mix if you're considering these other areas because those are specific reasons you go to those areas. So they're not, it's, just, it's, an, it's apples and oranges. Okay. The number one one also is a greater for me because it's our weather. We survive snowstorms that can destroy stadiums, and unlike New Yorkers, we actually go out and <laughs> shove our neighbor's walk instead of whining all day on Twitter. Which <laughs> is funny. That's it's true. It's funny. And so if this is a serious list, you go, you can't seriously well, I, yeah, say I that we're the serious. best state because of our weather. <laughs> no, we are probably the worst state because one of the worst. There are no, some good things so unpredictable. Our weather is so damn unpredictable. That's not our weather. It talks more about get, the people, right? I mean, that speaks more to the type of people. The attitude. But again, attitude. it's still that attitude of like, if you're, you know, our weather sloughs out the bat, you know, the weak people and, you know, I like <laughs> we'll being be here strong, in Minnesota we'll winter and... I know there are people that enjoy doing things in the winter. I do too. But I, I don't know. I really question people who say that it's great to live here in the dead of winter. I mean, really? If you won the lottery, would you live here in the dead of winter? I bet most people wouldn't. They, would, probably, they would buy a summer home in Florida, California, or Hawaii. I'd still be here, but I'd pay somebody to clean, clear my driveway, and <laughs> I'd probably live in a nice, bigger house. A bigger, warmer house. There are very good things on this list. Things that I would have pulled out more. We host one of the best and most historic rock venues in the world, First Avenue. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. First Avenue is one of the best places for mm-hmm. rock in yeah. the world. So, Acme anyway. is one of the best places for comedy, I've been told, in the country. So the, I know. That was a stretch, too. No, that's that comedians say that. I listen to a few podcasts of that are... They uh, say that... Comedians. I know. That's on here, too. Number 19, Acme Comedy Club is a favorite venue for touring comedians everywhere. Maybe that's true. Mm-hmm. I compare it to you know world-famous comedy shops in L.A. and New York and Chicago, Second City, and go, our Acme Comedy Club is on the same par as that? Maybe it is. I guess. I'm not, I'm not sure what me. the qualifiers are for that, but from a, from yeah. at least it's from a comedian standpoint that I've heard that a lot, that they maybe the... the What's involved with performing in those places might be a detriment to the I mean, enjoyment of, of it. I don't know. A lot of it's subjective. Yeah, it is. Here, 26. 
2010, 55.5% of Minnesotans voted, tying with Maine for the highest voter turnout. Not that that's a reason that would compel people to come here, but I would put that as a reason why we're one of the best states because mm-hmm. we actually care and we participate mm-hmm. in the process. Yeah, and it's, it's a pretty diverse. That's not a stretch to me. That's not like you're stretching to like. But that's less of a reason to visit. That'd be more of a reason to yeah. live here than to yeah. visit. It's like this is the kind of people you want to surround yourself with all the time or so come again, up and the spend moral a week is try to step outside of your own world and look at it from other people's perspective because that will give you True. more perspective on how to really connect. Perhaps. Amen. <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm all washed up on the shoreline thing. Maybe we can invite <laughs> people to, to call in or, or not call in, but give us their opinion. Does that sound cool? Does that sound lame? Does that sound like a stretch? Does that make Minnesota seem cooler than Florida, Hawaii, and California or not? Yeah. It'd be interesting to hear from people for who those, don't live here. Yeah, for those people who don't live here. Right. Cool. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. All right. We got through that without more physical violence. Throwing pens and eyes. Our angst were our angst was displayed before the podcast. It was. was. (laughs) We're better now. All right. For arrogant healthcare marketing bastards podcast, this is Chris Bevelo, Jackie Ritaco, and Adam Meyer. Bye.